2: New Year from the Jesus and Paula show, of which you will see quite a few changes in this first quarter of the year. Some things I'm saying prophetically, others I'm saying factually, because I already know what God is doing, what he's done, the the pieces he's pulling back together, taking it on with uh, Paula Price Season 2 rolling out this month as well, and uh, I continue, I can look this way, I continue to be amazed at the hand of God. When you do what he tells you to do, the way he tells you to do it, and you ride it out through all of the uncomfortable, through all of the warfare, which could be a while. All right, that could be, hmm, for some people, decades. Oh, too soon. All right, for some people, decades. <laughs> You know, when you're the Lord, centuries trying to get something done, uh, months, years, weeks. And at what point are you going to tap out? I think that's something that we've all had to confront within ourselves for the last several whatever's, whatever your whatever is, whatever your time frame is. At what point are you tapping out? At what point is there a point where you will tap out? Is there a time? Well, you'll say, that's it, you know what, this this is more than what I bargained for, this wasn't in my original prophecy. I find it very interesting how when we're looking to get out of things, we'll go back to an original word that was 2.5 minutes long and say what was or was not in that word and why we don't have to continue to do what we did so faithfully with that word for X amount of Whatever. What are your escape hatches? I mean, 2020, 2021, we're in 2022 now. Has provided ample opportunity for testing and trials and proving. Last night, Dr. Price prophetically ministered to the church, our congregation. Laid hands on just about everybody. And there's a witness in the room. Anybody else go home and almost fall into a coma? Yes. Okay. After your prophetic ministry, yes. I'm telling you what, when God hurts your soul, and it doesn't have to be a traumatic moment. Like we think it has to be all traumatic. It could be very, whatever, exciting or peaceful or encouraging or anything like that. But you have to stop moving in order for God to work it in you. You can't just have prophecy on the fly all the time. Just catch it and run, catch it and run, and never stop to allow the Lord to work it into you into your spirit, into your soul, into your mind, into your dreams. You can't even dream if you're not sleeping. You know, it's the little things that we don't think about. And so when you cancel, I was so knocked out. My alarm went off this morning. It went off on time. I did not respond on time. And when my eyes actually open, you know how you wake up and it's too bright in your room? You're like, there's too much sunlight coming through the window. I am late. <laughs> I know I'm late. Like 45 minutes. I should be walking out of the door in five minutes. That's how late I am. That was today. Because last night, the wisdom, I don't know about you all, but when you're in the room and Dr. Price is prophesying to other people, you're taking notes for yourself. I said, that's wisdom for me. I'll thank you for getting that word, but that was actually for me. This is for me. And she could be, I mean, talking to them so just intensely and everything, and it's like, mm, mm-hmm, yep, let me catch that piece of wisdom. And there was some wisdom flying around. Last night I had to, I thought, I need to sit down right now and listen to what she is singing. And then she had myself and, and Prophet Tala pray for the people. I'm like, but I want to hear what you're saying to everybody else for my own life. <laughs> Because that's how rich the wisdom is. So you have got to decide to keep with what God gave you to do no matter what. Swear to your hurt. Lord, why is that in Scripture? Because it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. That's that's not an if. It's just a when and for how long. Those are the questions. You can tell we are so mistrained and mistaught in the body of Christ. That we are in shock whenever, whenever. count it all joy. <laughs> that first trial. I mean, we skip over, skip. There's so many skip over scriptures, Old and New Testament, that we don't even read or entertain because that's not, you can't say that's not God's scripture. It's not feel good. It's, this, this whole last season has not been feel good. You can tell that the body of Christ has been raised up on feeling. Because when our feelings are rocked, when we're offended, angry, confused, frustrated, when those things kick off is when we begin to question God, like the whole, the whole purpose of our life. You could go into a whole identity crisis, which is why I appreciate the word that is being taught in our ministry, because we learn identity is the key to destiny. And we have a resource center, ppmglobalresources.com is the website where you can go and download and purchase actual things that will be put in the mail for you. Today we have various sales going on with our assessment in our resource center and with Prophetic Ed. These are three branches of opportunities for you to strengthen yourself. How many of us have ever said, I wish you was somebody around who could tell me, I wish I just, and we just wish, wish, wish. Well, here you don't have to wish, 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 or just pray, pray, pray. You can sign up today and enhance your life, open up your resources. PPM Global Resources, and we're going to do a quick promo of that. Fifteen per, I'm sorry, PPM Global Assessments, ppmglobalassessments.com, 15% off of the PAQ and MAQ. This is for all of you who have been waiting for the sale
0: waiting for the sale.
2: I don't know how many post-assessment advisors I've done where they'll say, I was looking for this. I was waiting. I was waiting and I was waiting for the sale. I was waiting for the sale. Well, the sale is here and it expires expires Sunday at midnight. So you have today, tomorrow, Saturday for that sale. As as, As far as PPM Global Resources goes, Join the 90-day challenge of assessing your prophetic self. This is a great time. Top of the year resolutions and how, how resolved you are is often determined by the first 30 days of your resolutions. But we have a 90-day challenge. See, you do something for 90 days and you're really in it. 90-day challenge of assessing your prophetic self. And 10% off of whatever that package is there. And then prophetic ed. This is such an interesting moment in the studio today. (laughs) All right, and then prophetic at five percent off advisors. Rachel's going to take us to this quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. dot right, com. take advantage of our bundles. People love bundles. I love bundles, too, because it takes away all of the guesswork of what should I be buying with this product, what should I be receiving, what should I be getting. So excited about being in 2022, and going back to my original point, I love it, these last several weeks, Dr. Price is like, I know you thought I forgot where I was going with that statement. <laughs> we don't really ever think you forgot. Some of the rest of us forget, but you didn't forget but sticking to what God has given you, especially when it's not easy, especially when it's uncomfortable. How about this, when it's not popular? Uh, I found over the years it, we have not been popular in many circles because it was ahead of the present and it was the, the message was already in where God is going to be while the people were in where we were. And when you're called to be a pioneer, a trailblazer, you're always going to be ahead of where people are. Well, that sounds so cool in marketing, doesn't it? Like, get ahead of the curve. I just want to get ahead of this and that. But in reality, what that can often mean is whenever it's time for you to launch and roll out what you're doing, people can't hear what you're saying. They can't even hear it. Like, they'll hear it, but it won't. Process. There's no place for it to land, register, uh, lock in, because it's totally foreign. You don't realize how, let's just say, take languages, uh, understanding a language is based on how much of the language you know. You can fill in gaps based on what you know. So if you know German, then you can understand certain aspects of the English language, because much of it was rooted in the Germanic root as well as some of the romance languages, Spanish, Italian. There's a a familiarity in verbiage and tones and tenses to where you can kind of pick up what somebody's saying, even if you don't fully understand it. You may not be able to respond in kind. But you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. If you've traveled overseas and you've been in another country, then it's very uh, engaging and interesting when you're trying to communicate with somebody of another language. If you can pick up what they're saying, you can fumble your way through a conversation to the point of saying, I want this on the menu, this size, this thing, point to a picture, do whatever. When you go to a nation where you have no foundation, maybe uh, Asia or something, where the the language, the Asian languages are completely different from the Romance languages, you, you don't understand the tones, you can't even tell the difference between how they're saying two very different words, that they sound the same to you, in fact because you don't know the nuances of a foreign language, it sounds the same. And they'll say, no, 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 you have to put the emphasis here and not here, and you'll say, isn't that what I did? Didn't I do that? And the same thing can be true when a new revelation is being rolled out. Because we've heard for years, we had heard, well, that's, I, I just said that. I just preached that. What, what she just said, I just said. And it was nothing of what they just said. Nothing. And, uh, and then once you learn more of it, You can distinguish the nuances to say, oh, this isn't the same at all. Somebody can say, if they're unfamiliar, Chinese and Japanese language. Yeah, they sound the same. They don't sound the same at all. They're nothing close to the same. Nothing close to the same. But if you don't have an ear for differences, it's all the same. It's like when people see somebody of a different ethnicity, what do they say? Everybody looks looks the the same. Actually. When I was in governor's school in high school, it was a mixed pot, uh, culturally speaking, and there was a, a strong uh, East Indian population of students because it was for health care, and, and there were some African Americans, Caucasians, so it was a mixed bag. How many people could not tell the Indian kids apart? Now, there was actually a set of identical twins, so we understood that. But outside of that, well, they all... saying these things no they don't but when your eyes are blind to the difference or you have indifferent vision you can't register because your mind is closed your prejudices are jumping up your biases are jumping up your your uh, presuppositions are riding when hearing your when you're hearing new revelations the same thing can happen you, you're like oh I've heard this before no you haven't behold, he's doing a new thing. Yeah, 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 but my pastor just said that. Now, we've just gone up to the top of Mount Zion to hear a revelation, and you're going to tell me that your pastor just said that. They may have said a statement, maybe a sentiment, a piece, a slice, a dice, but not the whole message. And that's really challenging when you're coming out of one thing into something that seems like it's the same, doesn't it? Because, hey, we're the body of Christ. We're all speaking the same language even though we're not. We're all loving the Lord not the same kind of way. So accepting that when you're hearing something new that it is new and it's challenging. So God can throw you into the ocean of a challenge. And that assignment is often the test to prove you are worthy of what he has promised you. We think that prophecy is an automatic given, don't we? Because you've got the word, let's just say you received a word of prosperity, we think that because we've received a word of prosperity, that we...
1: Or the rank is as high as the God you serve. That was God's issue with Israel. Yahweh. They were like he was like, "Oh no, I'm the most high God. Y'all been serving those little underlings? Come on. But I'm the most high God. Mm-hmm. I created heaven and earth. I have authority because I'm the author. Right. and finisher. So I am the high God, and that's what the whole message of the prophets has been about. Letting the world know who is the most high God, what God was chosen, chose them to do what, and how they do it. Well God chose their beings from the womb and some from the seed. Jeremiah said, God chose him from the womb. The apostle Paul said, God separated him from the womb. So you see, your calling to an office or gift is from the womb. And so why is that important? Because it's in the womb that you are fleshed out. Uh, the womb fleshes you out. The womb gives you your body. The womb gives you your soul. The womb gives you all of your attributes. It comes through the, uh, the, um, the tapestry, or better yet, the architecture of the bloodline. And so when we talk about office versus gifting, one is Your attributes unattached or your attributes subjugated to or submitted to an office. That is why gifts are for individuals and offices are for institutions. God looks down the line and says, oops, I'm going to have a shortage. Or, oops, I've got this on the books to happen. Do I have enough people with the capacity with the capabilities, with the inherent capabilities. Before we get to skills and training and and competencies, do I have enough people for what I have coming down the line? See, that is where he is today. Now, and that brings us to what I'm going to discuss with you today because I'm excited about this. I am very excited about the fact that as long as God's been saying, are you ready for my future, he's been telling me what that future is. Officers don't determine the future of their agencies or their organizations. Not the work, I mean, the gifts, the office does. It's in the, the strategy sessions. It's in the planning sessions, mission statements. Those, that company you work, work for right now, they already know what, what that future is because they're working toward it. They're staging it. They're staffing it. They're shaping it. They're even conditioning and shifting their consumer base yeah. to that future. So I'm saying this because it's very important that you get it. I've been carrying this and, and between incubating and percolating, I think I finally got it. Okay. That you have to recognize that God was here before you got in the womb. See, when you understand the prophetic continuum, and I use prophetic, but this pertains to whatever the assignment is. When you understand the prophetic continuum, here's what you know. You understand that God, when he says alpha and omega, beginning and the end, first and last, when God says that, he's not walking around saying, here's a wonderful concept I've been thinking about. He's not cogitating who he is. He's telling you. I am, now listen, how can you be the alpha and at the same time be the omega? How can you be the first and at the same time be the last? How can you be the beginning and at the same time being the end? Well, let me give you an answer so you understand the prophetic continuum, and you'll begin to do a little bit to vet your prophecies. Remember, I told you and encouraged you to make this is a year that you go through my book, Assessing Your Prophetic Self, so that you will not be caught prophetically unaware or prophetically vulnerable, or prophetically gullible. So the book, Assessing Your Prophetic Self, you just go to our website. There it is. You need to do it. If you're a prophetic educator, trainer, coach, or counselor, you need to know this book. Get it, and then read it. And don't roll it up in your mind and say, I know everything Paula Price wrote. No, you don't. You don't know everything I know because you don't know what I left out the books and you don't know why I left them out and why one thing made the book and another thing didn't. That's important when you want to to convince yourself you know all there is. Don't assume that how I wrote one thing is how I write other things. I'm a very diverse writer, and so I don't write, I don't have a cookie-cutter pattern. So getting back to this, how can Jesus be that? I want you to write this down if it's in your notes, because Jesus starts at the end. He starts as the last, and then he also starts as the finisher. So when God says this, everything we're living right now is God's finished product. It's his finished work. That's why it has a continuum. Isn't that good? So you think you're doing all of this. Jesus Christ as the the, the second person, not just member, person of the Godhead, Jesus Christ backed up in time. To do the cross. He came back because heaven's done. If heaven is done, how is he how did he get here? How can we have a now if he's already finished? So Jesus Christ backed up from Omega to go back to the Alpha to do what he's doing. That is why you can have prophecy. Prophecy is unfolding event by event, page by page, uh, situation by situation, and person by person, everything that God completed. God didn't start his physical work until he was at Omega. That is why he has checks and balances. That's why he can tell you you're wrong. That's why he can tell you that's not me. That's why he can tell you a prophet is false. That's why he can tell you a messenger and a sermon is not of him. That's why he can call something divination or perversion or heresy because he's working on anybody get are you all getting this yeah, yeah, yeah. he's working on omega that is his template that is his assessment that is his gauge that's his measurements that's his metrics that that omega he been began to to divide and distribute through times and seasons wow. so when he starts prophesying and you, and you start talking about something that's not in his omega which is the big reveal. You know, Omega actually means the big finish, the big reveal. So Omega is the Almighty's big finish. That means everything the Father wants, everything the Son has done, and everything the Holy Spirit must manifest in this world. So a prophet could say, I know some of you wonder, what is a prophecy continuum? That which is on the books of Omega. How can God tell you who will be saved and not? Like I never understood predestination. I thought if God was all there, is he too dumb to know who he's going to save? I never understood it. I still don't. God predestined, and, and, and he wrote it. He said, whom he foreknew, he predestinated. So here's the way, if the enemy spins it, well, if God already predestined, you know you're not good enough, so you might as well go ahead on a sin and join me in hell. But that's a psych job, and you're going to have to know about prophetic psych ops because there are prophetic psych ops. There are prophecies sent to psych you out, Hmm. to psych you out of your salvation, your redemption, your calling. Dr. Price, is that in Scripture? Yeah, well, Nehemiah says it. Nehemiah said Noadiah had a whole bunch of prophets That were committed To making him afraid So afraid That he wouldn't finish His task in God So when we talk about The prophecy continuum See I don't use words That I haven't studied I've had from 1982 I've been digging into this I've not just been running around Trying to get Chasing a mic Chasing a date I wasn't doing that I wanted to get this right Because God said There is a time And so we're in a different time today. I'm going to talk to you about your prophetic time and season. You're going to have to know it, and you're going to have to know that prophets are one of the people that are God's timepieces. Because see, God doesn't have uh, man-made, handmade, mortal clocks. He has beings. There are beings who have, who are just literal timepieces for Him. When I first found out that Ashley was a timepiece, it blew my mind. She's a literal timepiece. So when she starts telling you all something is happening, you have to understand that she has a timing chain, a timer in her spirit. As a matter of fact, we could be in a meeting, and that thing goes off by now because I've been with her so long. I look in her face and say, yeah, we've run out of time, aren't we? are going to be late now. Mm-hmm. She can, God uses that. Her mantle works and one of the things is timing, because God, deities use beings. Beings use things. I think that's really good. Could you hear a little something? Let me hear something. Here you go. Somebody done stole my bell. Thank you. There we go. It's important you recognize it because part of why you don't understand God is that you're measuring God by the human handmade thing man-made things God doesn't do that remember God comes to the planet and his transportation is cherubim mm-hmm.
0: okay.
1: now we need a we need a car need, yeah. and at that time before we got cars what was it living beings horses Horse, donkey. donkeys yeah. you know yeah. animals were doing the job mm-hmm. and then to spare them because humanity was so cruel God gave us the, the wherewithal to make these things angels show up they don't have to bring luggage they are their luggage. They're lugging it in their being. See, our, our job is to make you understand the power of the elect. Christianity didn't release this to you, but the elect has it. So today we're going to talk about that laying that foundation. I'm very excited about it. So we're going to talk about your prophetic tour of duty. Yeah, we'll to oh, Lord, my baby. <laughs> Smooch Your prophetic tour of duty. Oh, yeah, okay. Many prophets are struggling right now because God is calling you to his future and you're trying to live the vision of the house. You're trying to be faithful to the person who has graced you. You've fallen in love with them. They're your mother. They're your father in the Lord. But there is a prophetic tour of duty. That means God sent you in to do certain things. So I'm going to read some of what I have. If I might, is it time for your next assignment? You are an officer. That's why I started this with officer. If you are an officer, you were sent to take part in the foundation, the constitution, and the institution of the organization that you have. You are called to be a thought leader, a decision maker, or at least a decision contributor. You were called to be one who would be part of the mandate. It's on a house. You were given as an officer a piece of the mandate of your organization. It doesn't have to be church. It can be church. It can be a business. It can be school. It can be whatever institutions God has. But you have to find out how you were brought into that organization because if you don't know how you were brought in, you don't know how to wrap it up. So how were you brought into your organization? Did someone send you in and say oh, they call you or they, they uh, hired you or interviewed you and found out that you could fit in that capacity? Now, uh, why did I make this particular interjection? Because you need to understand that this is not for those who decided to join the church. Okay. See, sure. officers have tour of duty. Members have seasons. So time has many constructs and also many synonyms, and a number of things do it. So you have got to find out because many of you, by June, you need to be in your new place. You need to have reported for duty in your new place by June 2022 because you're going to miss the kickoff in September. So between now and June, you have to seek the face of God. You can, listen. You can fast if that's what God gives you to do. Whatever, but you're going to have to decide how were you brought into that place, and is it time for your next tour of duty as a prophet? Now I'm saying prophet, but realize this: that it's any minister, any threefold or fivefold, any leader, any uh, uh, what is it, organizer, communicator but the issue the reason I'm saying prophet is because God starts everything with a prophet, yes. and he built prophets and apostles with a particular wisdom that understands his his times and his seasons. It is so important to me right now for you to get this, because some of you all, you are feeling the pull and tug, and when you went to your leaders, they told you it was the devil, they told you it was your flesh, they told you you were going to be out of order, they told you you are whatever, and believe me, I'm talking about this, I live this. And when you are a prophet, if you are a prophet sent by God, then you'll be a prophet that is transitioned or removed by God. Now, this could even be, it could pertain to those of you who grew up in your organizations, and now it's time for God to use you. So that was your internship, and now it's time for you to get into active duty, active service. We walked around all these years talking about we activate, activate, activate. Listen to this. You don't activate something that you don't, d- did not own, that you don't regulate, that you do not authorize. How do you activate something you don't even know how it's made or where it's going to go? All of you all, y'all went and paid all that money for, them, for those activation service, and you're still doing the very same thing because you weren't activated. Their accounts were activated.
0: <laughs> you
1: helped them activate their counts because you you could talk to any any organization leader you are activated by being authorized you're activated by being credentialed you're activated by being assigned and appointed that's how you activate yes. not sling some grease on somebody's face
0: come on
1: who you don't know if they belong if they belong to Jesus Christ or not, if they're saved or not. You don't know their, their abilities. You don't know their character. You don't know anything about them. All you know is that they showed up to pay for you to give the illusion of being put in God's service or used by God. So my question to you then is,
0: so I got
1: to wait. Help
0: me, Jesus. (laughs) 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 Because
1: activation is an illusory tactic contrived by Satan. Press you with something that God is never going to do. So you go to these meetings and then you run to these churches and you really think that anointing shows on you. You think your activation shows. Don't you? You think you can activate the almighty? That sounds dumb. You can't tell God what to do. And God doesn't have to verbalize what he wants you to do. He just He's on the inside. He makes you do it. All of a sudden, you think it's a good idea. I think I'll do so and so and so and so. And it's a great idea because he holds the patent on your being. You are a patented being. So I need you to understand that a number of you, you were supposed to be gone by November. And you didn't. Some of you were supposed to be gone by September, and you didn't because you love your leaders, you love the place you're in, you have been a good servant, and you know that God is calling you. I'm talking about the dreams that you're having. I'm talking about every time you turn around, the words in those dreams are coming out of people's mouths. I'm talking about folks, past you talking about, you know, it's not long here. You know, you about, you're going to be able to move on and on and on. And you rebuking the young prophets because they don't have better sense than to tell the truth. Is your tour of duty over? Is it time for your next assignment? How will you know? Well, I've been working on this, working on an article, and, it's, and I've been holding on to this word that the Lord has given to me since before the new year came in. The word is specifically for those prophets and other leaders who feel that God is moving them on, but they feel also bound by loyalty. So your strong man is a, your personal sense of loyalty to your assignment over your assigner. See, if we weren't talking about gifts versus offices, you wouldn't have a problem. For example, when your secular job sends you to your next assignment, you have one of two options, go or quit. You don't get to stay where they don't need you.
0: Come
1: You've got to go to the next level, to the next assignment. So if they want to send you to, to, you know, some remote area in their territory, you've got to go or you quit. So what you are dealing with is that you're so church, you forgot you were kingdom, you forgot you were organization. You're, you're operating on church principles, pastoral dictates, and you're stuck. But, you're, but your life is drying up. God is not treating your prayer life like He did. You almost feel like you're knocking on the door, saying, "Hello, <laughs> God,
0: you in there? God, where
1: are you?" Because He put the wall up. Because God says, "You are my servant, my servant. You're not everybody else's servant. You're my servant. I call the shots, and if I can't call the shots, then your calling is off." Oh. My, my, my. So you listen to pastors who wanted to pull you from um, competitive and rival churches, so you listen to them telling you, well, you can go anywhere you want. You can do what you want, and you did that, and your life fell in the toilet. Some of you all left your last assignment before you finished. And that is why God won't replenish you today. You left that last assignment because you had some big open door. I have a whole teaching on false, false doors. You all need to listen to that. False doors, and I have an article on force, false doors because you are going to have to vet the doors that open for you.
0: Oh,
1: so
2: uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. the loyalty barrier, the loyalty that, that has that has you in its grip, won't let you obey the Lord. Last Sunday I talked about the threefold ministries of First Corinthians 12:28 and 29 and the five-fold ministry offices of Ephesians 4.11. And I spoke to you about laying the groundwork for what God is planning to do as we move into the thick of 2022. Leading up to this, he has been giving me the phrase, are you ready for God's future? I've spoken about it on my show. I've taught about it in my classes, and I have somewhat written about it. The point is, God is no longer all that interested in our future in him, he is now kick-starting or igniting the world events and the future that he's planned. This is important because when I spoke on New Year's Eve, I talked about that continuum. And you all can't bet your prophecy if you don't know the continuum. You can't know the continuum if you don't know the word, print, presence, and person. And performance. Print present. to know that. You can't say, well, I'm sorry, that doesn't bear witness with me. When you give God 32 minutes a week, you don't have enough to be. There's no ink in your witness well. You can't dot anything and say amen. Your witness well is empty. Present world event, events have forever altered the landscape of the world and put the church that he gave his son's life's blood for in great death, uh, jeopardy. It can be said that the kingdom of God is under attack. It has been breached by his adversaries. They bre- that breach, you should know, took place from the inside out as decades of hostile agents converted those who stood in the pulpit and those who were our front runners. The consequence of what we see and are struggling with today as the people of God as well as what the world is wrestling with is the result of those breaches. So why is this important and why am I writing to you? Well, this is one of those pop-ups because you know y- y'all get the pop up pop ups um, that I have given post and uh, uh, posted periodically over the last years. This one is expressly concerned with those prophets in those three folders and five folders who feel the tug of God to move to the next place, but see themselves as members bound to their last assignment in their churches. To address that, here is something you can think about. If you are an official, that means if God sent you to a place as a minister or even raised you up and credentialed you as one of his ministers, then you must see yourself not only as a minister of the house, but also a representative or agent or official of the Godhead who assigned you a particular location and tour of duty. If you are In that capacity, then you should know that in all likelihood, the pressure you feel the Lord is putting on you to go to the next place is a sign your tour of duty in that place is over. You've completed that tour. Now, why is it a big deal for you to know that? Every one of us are sent to our places with deposits and dispensations. God, Because remember, we're vessels. We, I know we love our little human selves, and isn't that great? We're vessels, and our vessels are filled, stocked with all that assignment needs. Everything. So if you've served there three years, five years, or whatever, you are, and you've emptied out, you're waiting for God to refresh you, restore my. Okay, I'm available to you. Refresh me. He's not doing that if you're an officer, because. That that you had was for that entity. It was not so you can't take it to the next one. So all of a sudden you feel empty. You feel like, you know, like getting up, getting ready. and I'm not talking about rebellious members. I've had enough of them to be able to identify them without even with just by the sound of their voice. There you go. Ring the bell. Ring that bell. I, this is not to sheep. This is to those in the shepherd strata. I want you to get clear on that. So then, you used to be, I mean, come on, you love praise and worship, you led praise and worship, now you can't get a new song. You loved intercession and now you're like, what? You really have all the signs of being depleted of what that assignment required and being in need of your next place. A great example is Elijah. Elijah did Mount Carmel. That thing nearly took him out. He had to go and hide between the the uh, assassination mandate on the, the, the uh, Jezebel gave his fatigue and the people being confused because you stripped them of all spiritual power. Oh. He had to go hide. And when he hid, he heard the next assignments because his tour of duty. Was done yeah. Moses tore up duty in Midian Egypt and Midian Done You have got to understand that if you didn't go there for duty Then you are not who I'm talking to Because God sends you For duty
0: <laughs>
1: You're having a blast over there. <laughs> She's having a blast Now and So, so you, you're depleted You're disinterested. You're almost apathetic. you do not like, I love my pastor. I love my church. I love my members. But I have nothing else to give them because you've emptied yourself out. And God hasn't replenished. And he hasn't replenished because what he needs to replenish you for or with is not for that group. It's for where you're going. So a lot of you all, you came here, and you came here as sheep, and God sent you here as officials to get ready. So I have a lot of them, you know, because we get these people, the Lord sends you, and then the Lord changes you. They're not officers. They're not even good sheep because you don't know that God said, I'm the Lord, I change not. My word will not return unto me, boy. You don't even know the character of God well enough to be an officer for him. You're, You're just bad sheep. I said to someone, I said to a number of people over the years, but you all are bad followers. You can sit there and talk about who's bad leaders, but you're bad followers. Because we got fellowship and fellowship, And usually bad fellowship won't fellowship. I've been here a long time. I've been at this a long time. And so I'm not talking to you all. You need to get your sheep. In order, see, because you have to be,
0: because
1: your sheepness is terrible in the sheepfold. Come on. You're, you you you're gossiping. You're backstabbing. You're bringing all Satan's arsenal into that congregation. For so the prince of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. You're, you're a carrier of something. We're vessels, so we're carriers of something. So you are bringing all of that. Into the body that you're in, and then everybody, and then don't, Lord, don't let you have access. And the sheep are trained. Like I do a lot of work training my folk to to know who's divisive. Because Paul said, Mark those who are divisive among you, and there are divisive sheep yeah, because they're fractured. Fractured souls divide, amen. and they divide by cutting. Y'all still with
0: me?
1: Yeah. All right. I want to go back. But also as a representative or agent or official of the Godhead who has assigned a particular location and tour of duty, if you are in that capacity, then you should know that in all likelihood, the pressure you feel the Lord is putting on you to go to the next place is a sign Your tour of duty in that place is over. You have completed that tour, and now he has another location or another assignment to send you to so that you can handle what that entity needs from you based on your calling in your construction. I would like to interject here also that if you are a member in the pew and you feel the Lord is leading you to your next place, you should not rush the process. You should not just jump up and walk out based on the fact that you are restless in the church that you're in or the organization that you are serving, you, you feel you have been offended because they're not using you the way you feel you should be used. Mama. Offense should not be your opportunity to vacate a place God assigned you. Your, your, your sick emotions may need one environment, But your divine construction dictates another. I'm just saying. You should not rush out because you feel like you've not been given opportunity to show what you can do as a minister. First, show what you can be as a member. Can we start with that? Show what you can be as a member. Because once people see how quality you are as a member, that you're a peacemaker, that you're a mediator, that you are, you, you, you know, you're not a troubler, that you are a supporter, you are literally tending the flock in your, in your care. See, if people are constantly leaving under your touch, you are not God's minister. Your, your fractures are talking. Your fractures are touching. See, your fractures are touching, and you're cutting up the sheep and cutting up the body, whether you intend to or not, because God said you should know them by, your, by their fruit, your fruit. So if your fruit is everybody's mad with the church. You can rest assured you're not an officer. You don't have a tour of duty. You're, you are prone to tantrums, and your tantrums destroy.
0: Oh, my. <laughs> You
1: cannot rush out because you feel slighted in other ways, not included in the inner circle or not chosen to be in a significant or prominent position. These are all things that the sheep of God wrestle with. But what makes them different is that they don't hold office and they have not been trained for office. And as a result, they are wrestling with restlessness. That can be the effects of idleness, uselessness, or just plain old, resistance, or rebellion. Many people under this libertine gospel, this grace, lone grace, are literal resistors of authority. They can't stand being told what to do. If you're a leader and you're trying to figure out who's who in your body, pay attention to those who cannot tolerate being told what to do. And if they do, they'll shut up, but they fume and they grumble and they mumble and they go and they spread it in the body that unhappiness. You realize that's not somebody you want to give power to. No. You don't want to give unlimited or discretion indiscretionary undiscretion, rather access to your sheep before you decide that your time in an organization is. In fact, a tour of duty, you need to have been handling duties in that church or organization and trusted uh, the needs that they have for your fruitfulness. You have to show what you've done for and to benefit that organization. In fact, in short, it should be better because you came, not worse. If betterment is not your measurement, then you are not on a tour of duty. You're just hanging out. Many of you want to come in And you want to just push up to leadership That won't work Leaders, we've been at this thing a long time And anybody who wants to bypass The, the body to get to the head Doesn't mean us a whole lot of good Because I'm going to need you to serve this body
0: You're
1: going to need to shower this thing And scrub it and shave it And, and cleanse it and detox it And, and nourish it so I need you to give, up, give us some healthy body then I know that you're worth the head because I know that you are doing it based on what your head is doing that is compatible with us. You must have a track record of success, of collaboration, cooperation, submission, obedience, endurance, and resilience. In other words, you don't keep taking your marbles and going home. You can't just go and leave us with the marbles. We can't even play the game when you're gone because you're taking your marbles and you're going home. I have a rule. I measure candidates for promotion by what they create, what they secure, what they rescue and restore in my organization. If i got hard facts, that tells me a lot. I will not promote them if all I have is chaos because I realize that the deity that's moving through them is chaos. That's still loving on me,
0: right?
1: Yeah. These factors are quite important if you feel as a member of the congregation of sheep in the pew that your time in a particular place is up. If you decide that you are leaving because of disgruntledness, because of opinionation, because of a resistant or any other negative emotion, something as simple as you don't like leadership or you don't like being told what to do, then you need to question why you were sent there in the first place. Because sometimes God sends you places for your development, and at other times, he sends you places for your dismantlement. (laughs) He sends you to be judged because you've been. If you've had a pattern of doing this, and each time he marks the books, each time he marks the book, so he's finally sending you there so that he can get the final witness. And he will send you each place he sends you is harder and harder. The judgment that he has. Now, he's sending you to people who are not just coming. I know you mean well. Now, y'all are old saints. Y'all been tearing up the house a long time. Whoa, come on. Y'all are old saints tearing up the house. We're right where we are today because you all were poorly trained and you were self-motivated and self-driven. uh, such instances as those that I've just discussed can equate to rebellion and not a release from a tour of duty. This particular post is 100% for those completing a tour of duty in a particular ministerial organization or business, be that a church or a school or a health ministry. Whatever it is, you have to know that if God is tugging at your soul, that is because he's calling your, your prophetics, your threefold or your fivefold spirit to another assignment. Now, to confirm a few things, uh, a few things. let me tell you what will happen. Number one, when God wants something, if you've been in his service long enough for him to consider you, yours as a tour of duty, you know that God will get what he wants. You also know that to get what he wants, he doesn't stop. So in many, many ways, you will hear and you will encounter his will concerning this. There are spiritual things that he will do, such as communing and commenting to you and prayer, giving you visions and dreams, breaking ties that bind you to that place before bringing you to ultimate separation, even causing those that you serve faithfully to seem to have turned their back on you or have distanced themselves from you. We see these examples in Scripture where the Bible talks about someone's countenance changing. A good example is David with Saul. Saul loved David. Loved him, but David's time with Saul was over. David was loyal. If you read about David, his loyalty always got him in trouble because he forgot to be loyal to his God. And see, David made one fatal flaw. I call it spiritual blunder, and his vision was never cleared up again after that. So when David's time with Saul was over, God, David wouldn't walk out because God tells you. He gives you a verbal instruction. Then he makes He gives you a verbal command and then direction. And then after that, he just pulls all of the comforts from under you. He takes everything you lean on, all your props, he removes them. All of a sudden, you are the singer, and nobody wants you to sing anymore. But wait a minute, I not know how to soloist. Okay? All of a sudden, you're the prophet that always gave the word. Nobody wants to hear from you any longer. That is not because you're failing in your assignment. It's because you're failing in obedience. There with David and Saul's relationship went from utter elation and fidelity to sheer hostility. Why? Because God needed David to get what he had to get from Saul and to give what he had to give to Saul and get on with the next phase of his training. That's another point I would like to mention, that your tour of duty does not only automatically transfer or laterally transfer from one place to another. The same position, the same rank, it may well be that before he gives you your next assignment, he needs you to be orientated to it after he empties you of the other. So you get to take the wisdom. You just don't take the apothecary. You don't take the complex. You don't take the mixture. That God furnished you and outfitted you to deliver to that particular lo- location, He may need to have need you to have specialized training, He may want to remove um, what you've been learning or what you have acquired along the way. You may want to dump that old anointing to be blunt, so you should sit down and give some thought to it. Another thing you must do is pray and get a prayerful prayer partner who will pray with you in this calling. And it may be the prayer partner that you get to pray you through this is somewhat outside of your present organization. If you want to be discreet about what God is laying on your heart, it may be that you will need to get a person who is neutral and anonymous to your organization, but still good for you to pray with and pray through what God is pressing on your soul. All of this is to say that in the year 2022, many of you will be released. If you serve a good leader, they will release you with grace, they will release you with prayer, and they will release you with peace. If you've been under an unstable leader, they will, re- they will release you with antagonism, accusations, ridicule, ridicule, and demeaning. Either way, we all know Peter's words in the book of Acts that we must obey God rather than man. I pray that those of you that God is calling to your next assignment because your tour of duty where you are has been completed, find someone or some place that can help you work through your new calling. Clear the air with your leaders. Be upfront with them. Do not sneak away. And by all means, do not leave with their sheep. You go to your next assignment knowing that God has prepared everything for you and that place will receive you. It could be a place that you've served and visited on and off in the past, or it could be a place you've never heard of before. You'll have what we call Paul's Macedonian call, you know, or what? And or, excuse me, and what are your risks realized from that call? So Paul said a great and effectual door was open to me for the word. And anybody know? And many adversaries. So don't think you're you're going to a better place. You might be going to a bitter place. I'm just, I'm Jede Babosha. I just thought I'm saying that. In the end, you must realize the call was from God to do something spectacular or just to fill avoid that happened in another organization bringing your skill set and your expertise with you to serve that organization here in this year 2022 we definitely find the Lord calling the shots in our lives as it has not been seen or known in the last 20 or 30 years the last several death caves have been pretty much uh, kept humans us in control we've been in charge well that's going to end and you can expect that God will exercise his sovereignty and supremacy in all those areas that, with those he's found faithful. That means faithful enough to show themselves committed to him and loyal to him above all else. This is really good. So you, your support and your defense, your guardianship and discretion, all of these are factors that will God will weigh and will communicate with you about as he prepares you to go on to your next assignment. And, and, and that's what I wanted you to get. Did that speak to you all? Yes. Because, you know, we give, preaching gives slogans and and statements, and it gives doctrines, but it's nothing to help, that it doesn't elaborate. You need somebody to elaborate on what this looks like. Preaching is for inspiring. Teaching is for educating. Yeah. So you get an opportunity. Now, this is for both sides of the table. This is for the leader who is being told that my time is up and you don't know what to say to them. I'm giving you factors, things that you can compile in an inventory or in an assessment and, and measure whether or not this person is hearing from God or they're just ready to go out and, and, and on their own to start their own. Mm-hmm. When you ask them where you're going, then you need, and they start telling you, I don't know. That does not have to be wrong because God may be withholding that information until He confirms their obedience and yieldedness. But you still should know what God is saying. And we've been talking about that in the prophetic. So there is a word on the screen called screen called Zeitgeist. Is it time for your next assignment? Now it's very important that you know that one of the reasons why I challenged so many of the prophecies that's been coming out over the last several years is because they don't fit the zeitgeist. God is a timely God. And so the word zeitgeist defines spirit or mood of a particular period of history as shown by the ideas and beliefs of the time. It is defined as the spirit of a generation or a period of time. Now, that's twice we've heard time. It is the general beliefs, ideas, and spirit of a time and place, the general intellectual, moral, and cultural climate of an era, such as the spirit of the age, the taste, outlook, and the spirit Spiritual characteristics of a period, the spirit of a generation or a period of time. Synonyms for this include climate, outlook, spirit, trend, ambiance, atmosphere, disposition, and feeling. Lastly, the spirit of the time, the spirit, um, uh, 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 the spiritual characteristic of an age or generation. Now, when you listen to these prophecies, do you hear? anything close to being in the season and the timing of God. As a matter of fact, they're ignoring season and timing because they want to change it. So we have, we have what? Wealth transfer. If you get prophecies and you're loaded with those, then you are a prophet for when this season is over. You're not a prophet for now because people are going broke now. People are struggling now. They're losing their jobs, their businesses, their homes. People are being laid off. They're being confined to their home. So you have to do your homework to figure out what the zeitgeist is for this. So when you talk about delivering uh, personal prophecy, you must move when God says move, and you must act when God tells you it's time. I thought you'd like that. Time is in Scripture nearly 700 times, most of which is in the Old Testament. Nearly 450 mentions are before Jesus arrives on the planet. Season appears almost 70 times. Old Testament season is appointed time and place with a particular signal alert. Appointed time and place with a particular signal alert. I don't know if you got that. Now, we go back to the definitions that I just gave you. So you can say, you know, Dr. Price, I just don't even know if this is God. Well, I'm not going to go here yet. I want to talk about this. So let me get my other slides up here so I can tell Rachel where to go. So I want you to go to – I'm going to go – is it there? Oh, I'm excited. Am I still in control? You know, I like that. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm you. So how divine communications world turns out prophecy. Now, I have a whole class on prophecy timeline. So you need to understand it. I think what I just said to you probably did much to either alter or enlarge your beliefs and ideas about prophecy. Prophecy has to fit the time. It has to fit the time. I'm saying it again, time in order to plug into the events that God wants to speak into. And many times you use, you start, you can tell a gift because a gift is always going to talk limited to what God wants to speak into, not what God wants to accomplish through his word. God words everything, every product, every creation is worded first. And those words speak to the invisible as well as the visible. Occupants and agents of this planet. So let's look at Daniel to stage your prophecy. God appointed many diverse life cycles, and we're going to we talked about them before, and we'll look at them in a minute. Let's look at Daniel 1:17. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. Everything about prophets, official prophets, is wisdom. Everything about Gifters is anointed. Now, there is a wiseness, but that is not the same as wisdom, which is the D-O-M means dominion or household of the wise. That's how we got the word dominance. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now, when we get to the end of Daniel, God is giving Daniel the continuum that we have today. He's plugging it in because he's letting them know, you know, from Jeremiah, seventy years have been determined for your people. Okay, we're going in now. First Chronicles. This is what's what's important that I want you to get. First Chronicles twelve thirty two, and the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of what. Now, what the, what was that understanding for? To qualify them to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were 200, and all their children were at their commandment. This is a mighty spiritual institution. Mm-hmm. We don't teach it like that. We teach it as five brothers got together, and over dinner, they talked about time. But if you read it, they literally were the the, the explainers, the foretellers of what was happening in God's world that was going to manifest in this one. And, and, and they were the timing chain of the Almighty. They collectively did that. And so the fact that they mentioned the 200 and their brethren were at there, that means they were stationed throughout the nation based on their innate. They were constructed for this. They were literal pronos people. They were constructed for this. Now, you know Joseph. This is seven years of famine after seven years of plenty. Now, seven years of plenty, everybody was happy. That's the people that y'all got those prophecies. It's harvest time. It's harvest. They can't tell you what happens when those seventeen years. Uh uh. So you can't prepare yourself for the aftermath of that harvest that you've consumed. So how does this look? Now I use zeitgeist. zeitgeist I used the, um, I use zeitgeist, I used the children of Issachar. But now I want to go to Ecclesiastes, because if you are have understanding of time, this is you. To everything, now I want you to hear this. Because when you are an office or an institution, you have to know start and finish, Alpha Omega, first and last, beginning and ending. You've got to be able to say that, whether you say it in date lines or whether you say it as calendar or whether you say it as event, because God is always sequencing time, and he sequences time by events. Now, after, if you look at them after that, well, when this was over, when this one was raining, but he always includes that. So Ecclesiastes, 3, Ecclesiastes, rather three one, to everything there is a season. Now we've already said approximately seventy times season is in there in comparison to the seven hundred instances of the word time, because seasons are longer than time. Seasons are. Have a, a word, To me what I call The dome or the hub Of time So it says And a time to every purpose Under the heaven Now understand this is all about the mortal world This is all about the physical world And then he talks to all these times A time to be born And a time to die For you all prophets run around talking about the, the Lord didn't do that, the devil took this one Let me tell you something He can take but he still has to ask permission. Okay? A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill. What? God doesn't kill. Deuteronomy 32 says he does. As a matter of fact, throughout the entire Old Testament, he's killing folks. He killed her killed and he killed his brother Judah's kids because they didn't want to reproduce. He said, I kill and I make alive. He said, I make peace and create calamity because you can't be alpha and omega if anything can happen before you or anything can happen after you. So he's telling us, um, you know, a, a time to weep and a time to laugh. And I counted these. There are 28 of them. I think it's around 28 of them. And I counted them because that's giving you God's seasonal calendar. So when you get a prophecy, somebody's going to live, somebody's going to die, someone's going to cry, and someone else is going to laugh. A time uh, to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together. Now, it's interesting. Why is he saying stones? I mean, like, why is he talking about that? Is he talking about slingshots? Or is he talking about stones being the uh, objects of trading and exchange of the day. Now, they had silver, but when you got into the villages, nobody had silver. They collected stones. So something, something to think about. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. See, when you read in Scripture, this is the way of the earth and A a time and chance happens to us all. This is what he's talking about. Why? This institution predates us. God has agents. He has angels. He's got devils. He's got demons. He's got creatures of all sorts in all these worlds, some of them coming and going. Some of them are stationed here. He has celestial and terrestrial. I need you to understand that if you're going to be prophetic, you need to stop splitting this man down the middle. He's only good. God is good to God, and God's goodness does not always make sense to us. Jesus said, you don't know what I'm doing, but you will know when I'm gone. God is good to God. Your goodness does not change or make him. It doesn't validate God. As a matter of fact, Scripture says, you're good, you're good for yourself. Because good, human goodness can't equate to God's goodness. It cannot. And so we're coming down to the end. It says a time to keep and a time to cast away. Some of us, you holding on to stuff. you got soul clutter, holding on to anger, holding on to all of that. So you need to find out what time you're in. And God will pretty much stage that time and give you an opportunity to discern it by how he's communicating, by the things he's responding to, the things he's demanding of you. And it says here a time to rend or tear and a time to sow, a time to keep quiet or silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. These are God's times and seasons. Every generation enters them. Every one of us has to manage them. It's very important for you to understand. This is, so speaking of your tour of duty, are you finished? Now, if you're under a very astute leader and you're not rebellious, because they do this on two-sided sides, 2 coin, but if you're under a good leader, then you should know that your leader is going to tell you and be prepared. You shouldn't catch them by surprise. They won't be caught by surprise if if you say to them, God is moving you off. Now, they may not want to admit it. They may not like it, whatever. Quality, high-quality leaders do not want misplaced people in their ranks. They don't want runaways in their ranks. They don't want hideouts in their ranks. In other words, I'm just here serving you. Think about Jonah. That's what that's like. Going down, storm won't stop, troubles all over the place. You know, we've not taught this level of wisdom. We've not taught this depth of wisdom. Is this helping you all? So Jonah was hiding out. He should have been in Nineveh. He on a boat going someplace else. He wanted to stay where he was. He had an assignment. He did not want to do the assignment. And it cost him. It cost the ship. He cost those people their ship and their business. See, we don't read it like that. We just say, "Well, you know," and Jonah just ran, and he was in the well, the, the big, big fish belly. I don't know whether it was a well or a shark. Knowing God, it was probably a shark. You know, <laughs> you know, Jesus, porpoise. I don't know, but he was in the belly of a big fish. You don't know. And leaders, pastors, you, the head of your organizations, you need to make sure where people stand with God, because they're standing with God, especially if they're prophets and apostles can affect your entire organization, the entire structure. We never emphasize or focus in on the fact that Jonah cost those people their lives. Let's look at the calamity in your church, your business. Do you have the right person? Do you have somebody who's fleeing from another assignment because they did not feel like it was prestigious enough? Job did not, Jonah did not want to do that assignment because he said, I know you. Now listen to his, his, his words to God. I know you. You're a good God. And you're going to end up having mercy on these people after I prophesied their doom. And I'm going to look like a fool. You're going to make me look like an idiot because you're going to embarrass me and they're going to think that I didn't hear from you because you let me prophesy and then decided to have mercy. Isn't that an interesting thought? He cost those people their lives. Their ship was caught in a storm. He said the storm was because of him. He down there sleep. You know, God's people, we so cozy with Jesus.
0: <laughs>
1: Baby, hell going on. We sleeping. People got to call. Did you is, are you all right? Because they say y'all had a so-and-so. What? Did we? Really? We don't know. He sleeps. And they are tussling. They're calling on their God. They're praying, etc. And he knows it's him. So what is the solution? Throw me overboard. Wow. Just throw me overboard and everything's going to be all right. And it says, God prepared. Uh, we might want to say, yeah, well, you know, that's the Old Testament. Jesus refers to it. He said, uh, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now that's dead. See so you don't we don't even count that God resurrected him. Yeah. Jo, I mean Jonah comes back and when you read what he went through, you're like, Oh it's bad down there. What is that? He's in this fish belly fighting with all that this fish has eaten.
0: Yeah.
1: Everything that is d- digested. He's fighting with it. He's like the the the, the um the, what do you call it, the vines wrapped around his head. Mm-hmm. He, You know, can you imagine? He's hearing the heartbeat. This thing is squeezing. And, and his vial, he's got this vial going. Yeah. Hey, you know, so the food can break down. And everything breaks down but him. Because God is going to see to it that you obey his word. Now, if you want to do it through a fish vacation, you can do that.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: you know, you got the little vacation on the fish, you know. I go, "Mm -hmm." but he did that, and and we see it over and over and over again in Scripture. When God tells you, I want you to do something, I want you to do it. And if you don't, He has to use someone else to do it. It doesn't bode well for you, right? Especially because here's here's I get some water. Here's something that's so important to you. When God gives you a word, you're not the only one that gets that word. It might have been a secret to Nineveh that God had given Jonah a word, but it wasn't a secret to the guardians of Nineveh. So they're all on alert. They're waiting for the go sign, the go signal. Think about Sodom and Gomorrah. Those angels that came to the planet with Jesus, also knew Lot couldn't stay there. So they had to pick him up and his whatever and drag him out. So when you get a prophetic word, don't assume just because humans don't know, all of the other unseen agents and all of the other unseen powers don't know either because they do know. That's how come Satan can harass you about a prophecy. That's how come devils can harass you about a prophet. Is God going to do it? I mean, after all, and come back, he hasn't done it yet. Okay, he hasn't. Now, you haven't told anybody. It might be in your journal, but you really haven't told anybody. You may have gotten it on a bus or gotten it in the, the restroom. You know, God will get a word to you, any kind of place. And yet he's harassing you. Why is he harassing you? Because he knows that God has given a word concerning you, and it's going to affect him adversely. So we only have a little bit more time. So if you all who are on social media, if you have a question, you can send me a question regarding this. I will answer your question. So let's look at how this works. First of all, prophecy is sent. Prophecy is sent, it's biotic, Is sent to a being. Believe it or not, there are times that God prophesies to rocks, mountains, water, whatever, but they are not dead to him. They're not inanimate to God. And when you put a a, a microscope on them, you get to see that they're not inanimate. They're made of cells and other things, and they are all handled by whoever or whatever spirit realm or spirit is taking care of that. So it's sent to a being, a living being. It's It's declared from that being to another soul, whoever that is. From that point, once it... Once a prophecy hits time and space, it belongs to the physics of this world. It's subject to the laws of physics. We don't tell you that. Well, God can do it. No, 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 no. See, we keep you, you've been told that. But once God sends a word, it's kind of like the program and the upgrade on your computer. They don't come to your house and say, well, let me tweak this and let me rush this. They say, we're going to download this, and then we're going to open it, and then we're going to install it, and we're going to maybe even upload it so that we can install it, and all of it is done with dots.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Human-made electric dots. Well, in God, those dots are his cellulation. It enters this world. Once it enters this world, it's subject to the laws of physics. That's me. a 24-hour day, seven days, It's also subject to the events that God has on his calendar. It is subject to the readiness of the people that are here. I'm going to keep doing this because you need to know where your prophecy is in its performance and fulfillment stages. Okay? And then it's decoded because creation must decode prophecy, whether it does it in your body through your physical self, all of a sudden your mind is getting information. It's awakening to things, or or your you know people are telling you that it's happening, or God wants you to move, and your your company is closing down, your job is closing down, you are your your, your apartment a building has been bought, and they want to raise the rent so high that you can't afford it, whatever. But God is taking advantage of everything seen and unseen, unseen, past, present, and future, to bring a word into its manifestation. That means to either embody it, materialize it, or actualize it. Embody, materialize, or actualize. That's important. And in order for creation, because remember now it belongs to the, the physical world, now it's subject to whatever coding the physical world has that correlates with what that word is to manifest as or show up as. So that could be the body, what body it's going to do, a body of people, your, a family, whatever. It can be material, materialization, meaning that even though it may not be actual people, it's materializing in events, it's realizing itself in events, and it also can be, as we spoke before, it can be about nature. You know? Like when God said the 70 years for uh, Israel were up what did he say he had to go and send prophets in there to unprophesy what he prophesied what came from the prophecies that caused the 70 years He had to go and tell the jackals, you got to leave. He had to go and tell desolation, your time is up. He had to go and say, barrenness, your time is up. He had to tell the wild animals, your time is up. He had to tell the rain, your time drought is over. He had to go tell the earth, grow some fruit, grow some heritage. He had to go tell the water, stop being a swamp thing. That had to be prophesied for them to make their way back to Israel to build it. So that is why there's no such thing as bad or good prophecy. It's useful and unuseful. It's God or it's flesh. There's no such thing as a bad word from the Lord. That's like telling the people who are telling you a, 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 a storm is coming and will be there by midnight, telling them to shut up and don't give you bad news. That, the bad thing is happening. They're only giving you news about it. But yet we'll say, I don't want a prophet to give me bad news. Somebody said that to me. I looked at them and said, well, live in your darkness.
0: <laughs>
1: it wasn't three years when their whole life was in the toilet. Wow. Whole life for one decision. Gave me one word for them. Do not accept so-and-so. That's it. Now, that works, every prophecy is a capsule. It is a container, it's a capsule. And it's a capsule with all you know them you you know those capsules that have all them little beads? Yeah. It's not even a solid all these little beads yeah. are in this capsule. And so if you don't open this capsule, you don't have to chase these beads all over the floor. So we're telling you, don't take this, don't accept this. Man told me Don't give me no bad news. I said, I don't have to worry about bad news. Bad news is happening. I'm just announcing it. (laughs) So we can't tell you a storm is coming. You can't give people a bad word. What is that? That is Asiatic. That's those Asiatic religions, those ancestral spirits, those African things. What do you mean we can't tell you that a storm is coming? <laughs> you understand that's how, that's how really how unstable and illogical we are with prophecy. That's why I have a whole session on prophetic intelligence, because we're illogical.
0: Yeah.
1: None whatsoever. Okay, then prophecy enters storms. Every word of God is tried. And the Bible said tried seven times. So, you know, seven of those things that I just read to you are going to try your word because in trying it, it's perfecting it for your human expression. So God's going to try that prophecy. The first trial is going to be unbelief. No, I'm sorry. Excuse me, God. Doubt. First time. Doubt. Doubt's your first test. I promise you that doubt is the one. You are going. I mean, everything is going to make you doubt that word. What is it? Did God really say? Can this really be? Would this happen? Who are you that He would tell you and not tell me? Oh, my. Right. Well,
0: it's, it's that, yeah.
1: So, if I had to give a word to this broadcast today, I would have to tell you this is called prophecy pragmatics. So, your word is tried. Then after that, then you have unbelief. Oh, for real? Are you kidding me? Because doubt breeds unbelief. Um, and then after that, you begin to have a, a, kind of a gnawing fear. You go into fear mode. Well, if this happens? Well, what if it doesn't happen? Well, what if the prophet is wrong? Well, what if they're right? Well, what if they're, And you go into this whole thing. Meanwhile, this prophecy is trying hard to attach itself to your faculties. And, boy, you are fighting And then eventually it becomes visualized, meaning it starts to take shape. Usually by this time that visualization is in dreams. You're starting to see it in dreams, or when you pray, you're getting uh, visions of it. And then God unlocks that code, which I'm sure you love, and it enters its winter season. You're like, you know, prophecy has more false labor than anything I know. Prophecy, God has inbuilt false labor. You just know it. You This is how you think you miss God because you went and you did this because after all, the prophecy is now yours. You're taking hold of it, so you're going to make it happen. You're going to go and manifest it. You're going to buy the building. You're going to start the school. You're going to go and, and do some other physical thing, gather people, start your church, and, it's, it's, and literally, after you do all of that, it's like the prophecy goes to sleep. And it's so much so that you think you were right, and then the thing collapses, okay, and then prophecy meets triggers and change wins, primes your heart, the delivery process begins, it breaks through the clouds, the fog in your mind, the cloud in people's my people who couldn't believe you for anything, all of a sudden, the cloud clears, the fog clears, and they see you clearly, they see your vision, they know who you are, they accept, and they, they're ready to get behind what you call to do. And then your prophecy is fulfilled, and after that, prophecy gets to you and into this world. What do you all think about that? Any questions? Did any come in? Oh, y'all didn't know? Okay, so don't be asking me why I don't, have, why I don't take questions.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love the saints. Here's our last one, but I think it's still important. And uh, from what I understand, my daughter is going to end up with a, a class on this one, Prophecy's Classic Chironics. The word chironics is, obvious, you know, the technicality of the word kairos. So prophecy is, has its own chironics. It has its own ways of, of performing, entering the planet. Let's look at some of the ways it does, because this is all about time. This is all about time. And so uh, it's, I want you to, to understand it. So when I, when I look at this, excuse me, would you all forgive me? I was having fun. All right. So calendar. There is a season. Seasons have calendars, and they have events. They have emergencies and development. Emergencies, not emergencies. Well, maybe those two. But. Anyway, these are all of the things. The big letters are the great parts of prophecy. It it, it has an embedded schematic. Now, there are people out there like I know because they've said it to us and then they've said it about us. Well, I don't need to know all of that. All I need to know is what God said. Right. That means that you don't need to know what the the driver's manual requires either. Right? Because you care about that. You don't want to know this because, because spirituality can make you either enthusiastic or lethargic. Mm. And when you have a lethargic spirit, all you want to do is the least possible for the most return. It's very The church is lethargic, and it fell into lethargy when it, wasn't going to do what it takes when it started telling you you don't have to read your bible like that god understands that it's hard we have remember we had the fortune cookie slippers that you you if you got a sliver a day you read it and you were set we did all of that to god so that we could end up where we are because god said deep calls to deep god says get wisdom, and with all you're getting, get understanding. It says wisdom is the principal thing that God says to study to show yourself approved, that you may rightly divide the word of truth, rightly divide, meaning cultivating discernment and discriminating uh, faculties so you'll know the truth from the lie. See, everything that we have, you have heard from these pulpits, a lot of it is contrary to this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would we agree? Mm-hmm. It's very contrary to this you got, you got your New Testament-only Bible, and if that, that wasn't shrunken enough, then you end up with your Psalm and Proverbs Bible. That's it. Then you have the, they shrunk it a little bit more and gave you the gospel. That's true.
0: Yeah.
1: Everything to make it convenient for you to be ignorant.
0: Yeah.
1: Everything. Because devils can't work with intelligent people. The first thing any takeover does is take away knowledge. The first thing anybody who's going to take over your land does, the first line of attack is taking away knowledge, forbidding education, perverting education, shrinking education, all of that, take away knowledge. Jesus said that you take away the key of knowledge. The second thing they're going to do is make it very comfortable for you not to pursue knowledge. So then you become self-righteous because you're self-educated and you're self-taught and you're self-self, and you don't research anything. You don't look up anything, and you go to church to get a nap. So calendar means dated. But isn't that what they do? (laughs) I'm not. They come to work. They plan it. I'm coming there just almost to the end of praise and worship so I can catch up on my sleep because I didn't sleep well last night. Dated, and then we have Kairos is seasoned, so you understand who he is. Species, if you look at the yellow ones that are popping up, those are the things that we zero in on. Genomic, it has to do with the genome. The entire human genome is prophecy-coded, prophecy-saturated, prophecy-constructed. It's it's tick top. Oh, okay. There we go. So end of this, we want to say prophecy is locked into God's times and seasons. Now, prophecy has its own formula, its own communication. Cycles are repeated events that often recur historically, often at the same season or same situation. So let's look at some of these. Hold on. Why are you doing this? So God's prophecy clock, locating your prophecy in God's prophetic timeline, it shall come to pass. You can stay here a long time. One day. Listen to how your prophets froze, praise these things. One day. Soon. Soon is the one that makes me cry at night. I don't want to be in the soon club. Why can't it be now? In that hour, see you see it's journeying. In that hour, what hour? That hour that I do it? Oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. Please, help me, God. Suddenly, when we get to suddenly, that is wonderful. Now, we can't describe what happened. We don't know how it happened. But, boy, we're in that suddenly time of God. Suddenly. That means you've gotten past. It shall come to pass. you beyond one day. You're now, you skipped on through soon, and then you're down. These are all seasonal statements. It shall come to pass one day soon. We're moving from Kairos to Kronos. In that hour. And then now, right now. You're in the right now moment. Suddenly it showed up, and now it's in effect. Suddenly it showed up, it's now in effect. Can you all see those? Okay. I just wanted to make sure we understood. Sound like this. There is a season for everything and a time for every event under heaven, exploring God's prophecy timelines and prophecy manifestations. So I have one last thing, and we are done. I think you'll like it. Do you all appreciate this? Is this helping you? Or is this just information that I'm just giving? I'm not giving you this to wow you. I'm giving you this for when you go to prayer. Listen to it over and over again so you won't break fellowship with God. You won't start maligning his, his prophets because it didn't turn out the way you expected. You won't start resenting it. You won't give unbelief, doubt, and fear place in the prophecy timeline. You will realize, am I still in Makiros of this word or am I under chronos of this word? Or am I in, word, or, or am I in fulfillment? This is about your prayer life. This is about you petitioning God. This is about you cooperating with God. How you doing? How's social media? All right. Yep. So here we are, and I, and I have the, do you see the clock? There's the world. There are the clocks. And then you see the digital codes. It's all working. God has so many words out there, it never stops. He never stops, just like your body never stops because you don't want it. You probably don't want it to stop. Behind the structure of this world, a ceaseless machine processes and produces God's word in this world. Powerful beings are assigned to God's prophecy schedule. So you may want to rush the moment. That's why God attaches patience to prophecy. Cause, because you want to rush the moment just so I, I can turn around. We have a staff meeting, and, and, and so all of us who are in the staff meeting, the managers and, and, and executives, and then we write down what's going to happen. We, we planned it, we strategized it, or either we've gone to our strategic plan and we're, we're ready to go. And so we write it down. And, I, and so we three got it, I'm clear. As far as I'm concerned, it's done. Well, why is it done? Because I know that these two are going to see to it. They're going to execute it and carry it out, even if they haven't yet told their staff. So then what they do is they go to their staff and say, okay, so this is what we're doing. We were in a meeting today. This is what we're doing. This is how we're making it happen. And so they begin now to distribute the different assignments for the various parts and elements of the thing we just assigned, the project. Prophecy always has projects. Prophecy always has projects. Prophecy always has projects. Mm-hmm. Now, the gifter may not be able to tell you the project. They can only tell you the prophecy. But the official is going to tell you the prophecy and the project, mm-hmm. the how to, when to, all of that. From agencies to seasons, eternal implements time um implements time and mobilize dormant words from God's, but from God's mouth that are buried in creation. In God's mouth, there are, his words are there, but creation has it. Almost done, sis. For example, every piece of equipment in here has it encoded, has a code in it. And do you know what that code is? Corruption. Decay, rust. That's how everything in creation has it. Deterioration, limitation, all of that. Can you believe that? Works. Now, and then lastly, prophecy, prophecy is regulated by numerous heavenly and earthly factors that actionize, process, progress, advance, and ultimately fulfill it in its appointed time. All of this is to say, when your tourist duty is over, forces God assigned to make it so to see to your success and your attainment and achievement, they're not going to linger. They're going to leave, which is why you feel depleted, which is why you feel abandoned, which is why you feel naked, because they obey God. So they're already at your next place, waiting for you to get there and handling on the way. Did you all find this useful? Yes? I found it interesting to share. But, you you know, as I train prophets, we're ready now to hear the nuances, the intricacies of the prophetic institution of God. Before, we just needed to believe that God spoke. You know, we were happy to know he spoke. And then after that, we had to learn when he spoke and when he didn't, and then we have to learn what is him speaking and what isn't. So we've gone through all of those stages of education, stages of development and exposure. It's now time for us to move into what, take the reins so we can have prophetic dominion because God, Starts everything with a prophet. Hey, thank you so much for listening to me. Again, Happy New Year. Have a great New Year. Share this with everybody you know. Share, 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 share some more. And then sow a seed. So to me. This is quality word, quality education. I so believe in God's purpose in your life that I am releasing this to you. But if I've sown something so potent spiritually, then you should be inclined, particularly if you're a prophet. Because I just rescued some of you from judgment. I have empowered others, you, for transition. I have literally safeguarded the leaders who have to move you on or tell you that it's not your time and that you're hearing from something else. I gave you tools. I've given you criteria. I've given you norms and standards. And I've given you accessibility This is just in this one broadcast. So you should sow significant seed to me. And also, if you are not in a church, your church closed down, yes, send your tithes here and your offering because this is good ground. You know it's good ground because I changed you in two hours. And when you listen to it three more times, you're going to be changed and changed and changed again because God wants to use you in his future. You may not be a mega prophet. You may be the prophet of the church on the corner. It doesn't matter. God is all about the manufacture and manifestation of his word of truth. God bless you. If you're in the area, join us at the embassy, home of the Congregation of the Mighty, where God stands. We start Sunday school at 8 o'clock, and we have service at 10 o'clock. Come and join us. It's a blast. You will love it. Until then, God bless you. Think differently so that you can live powerfully. You just had to give one more, right? Just
2: need it.